you have your Bibles with you this morning, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 3, and we'll be reading from verse 21 onwards, Luke chapter 3. If you don't have a Bible, <clears throat> you can um, grab a, a blue pew Bible at the end of your uh, rows there, or you can look up on the screen and follow. Um, as you're turning through there, I just want to give you a little bit of a recap about what's what we've been reading, what we've been talking about through the book of Luke as we go on with this series called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. And you remember last week we were talking about John. And uh, John is out in the wilderness and he's preaching at the Jordan River. And there's all these people who are gathering by him as he's telling the people that he's there to prepare the way, right? That's, that's his purpose that's his calling. He is preparing the way for the Messiah. And he says, prepare the way of the Lord. That's why I'm here. I'm going to prepare the way of the Lord. And, and the way you do that is by repenting, by turning away from your sin and by turning towards God. And what we talked about last week was this fact that there is nobody who can escape the call to repent. So confess your sins to the Lord. And so come to the Lord every time you've messed up. No matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus, you need to turn to him and make a decision to live for him forever. And the challenge for those of us who are Christ followers, uh, last week's challenge was to be the person who's going to prepare the way. Be the person who's going to prepare the way of the Lord. Prepare the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you preparing the way of the Lord? Is your heart prepared for the return of Jesus? Because if it's not, then you need to repent. Turn from your sin and turn towards God. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 21. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven that said, You are my son whom I love, and with you I am well pleased. <clears throat> John is in the wilderness, and he's now at the Jordan region, and he says, listen, you need to prepare your heart for the coming of the Messiah. You, you need to repent, and then Jesus shows up on the scene. You know, the wilderness is, is this really interesting place, especially in the history of the Jews, that at the Jordan region was this place that defined their future. Hundreds of years earlier, you remember that Moses brought the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt, and they're wandering in this wilderness for 40 long years. And I want to ask you this question. Have you ever felt like you've been wandering in the wilderness? Just drifting from one place to the next, maybe in your job, 
been drifting from one thing to, the, to another without any real sense of calling, without any real sense of purpose. You've never really settled in one place. Maybe you're here and you feel as though you're living without purpose. Maybe you feel as though you're living without meaning, without any vision, maybe, maybe without a ministry that is yours. Maybe you feel like you've been searching for answers and right now it just feels like you're in the middle of the wilderness. I want you to listen to what Moses says while he's in the wilderness. He says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You know, this morning, if you feel like your life is stuck, and if you feel like you're wandering in the wilderness, then, then take heart. However difficult the days might seem for you, the Lord wants you to know this morning that he is taking you through this experience to create in you this hunger for God alone. For those of you who are in the wilderness, God is taking you through something right now to teach you how to depend on him. You might be in a wilderness situation right now, and he's trying to show you that you can trust him. That no matter what happens to you in a pinch, he's going to come through. Because God's purpose for the wilderness is to cultivate a strong faith that's going to rely totally on him. Here's the thing. God also used the desert. He uses the wilderness to test his people. Sometimes he uses hardships to see what's really going on in your heart. Over and over again, you know, we see that the Israelites face this one choice. Are they going to obey God or not? And so I want to ask you in your own experiences, what did the wilderness show you about your heart? Were you easily influenced by some of the wrong people? Were you easily influenced by the stuff that you wanted, your, your own desires? Were you only concerned about yourself while you were in the wilderness? Or were you outright rebellious to the things of God while you felt as though, man, I'm just in this wilderness? See, the purpose of the wilderness was to produce a people who are going to be sensitive to the leading of God. While the people were in the wilderness, they had to learn how to totally rely on God for everything. They had to rely on him, not on their own experiences, not on their knowledge, not on their wisdom or understanding. They had to rely on him. The people of Israel are wandering in the wilderness, and when you go through the story, they are obedient one day and rebellious the next. 
And all of a sudden, their fearless leader, Moses, he dies. And God then has Joshua lead the people. And he tells Joshua, he says, hey, listen, Joshua, be strong and be courageous. I'm about to take you and the nation of Israel from the wilderness to the promised land. And here they are. God leads them and Joshua leads them to the Jordan River. And it's a raging, flooding water right now. And they find themselves in the situation where they're at this defining moment in their lives. And Joshua says to the people, in order for us to get out of the wilderness, in order for us to, to, to get into the promised land, then you need to consecrate yourselves. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. And then the Lord will do some amazing, incredible things in and through you. The Hebrew word here for consecrate means to prepare yourself. Set yourself apart from your desires. Make yourself available to God's desires. And Joshua says, prepare your heart, and then things are going to happen in your lives that you never thought were possible. Prepare yourselves for God will make a way out of no way. Get yourself right with God and God will change the outcome of your future. Get your heart right before God and God will use you and God will use your family to fulfill his purposes in your life. And now hundreds of years later, John is at the Jordan and he's saying, I am preparing the way of the Lord. I'm telling people, prepare your heart for the coming of the Savior. And you do this by turning to God. And as the people begin to turn from their sins, as the people begin to commit their lives to God, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene. There are some people here this morning and you might be standing at a defining moment in your life. Maybe you're at a defining moment in the life of your family where there's some obstacle before you that just seems possible where the only way to get out of your situation is right now for a miracle to take place. And I want to tell you today that if you consecrate yourself, and if you set yourself apart, apart from all the things that our culture says, apart from the things that our culture does, apart from, uh, set yourself apart from your own wants and your desires, if, if you set your heart to focus on God's desires, if you get your heart right before God, then amazing things are going to happen for you. So the next morning... The priests, they take the ark of the Lord into the flooding Jordan River, and all of a sudden the water stops flowing, and the entire nation uh, of Israel crosses the Jordan on dry ground with water like a wall on their left and on their right because they put their trust in God, and they put their confidence in Him, and because they did that, God came through for them. 
See, the defining moment came when they completely surrendered to the Lord. The defining moment for them came when they completely trusted in God. And all of a sudden, God came through. And this would mark the end of an era. The end of the Israelites wandering in the desert, heading towards the promised land. And now hundreds of years later, John is now at the same Jordan River. And he is preparing the way of the Lord. And John is telling people, prepare your heart for the coming of the Savior of the Lord. And you do that by repenting. You do that by turning to God. And as a people turn from their sin, as a people turn to God, all of a sudden, Jesus shows up on the scene. And and there's something really important about that. So I want you to listen really quickly. Repent of your ways. That's what John is saying. And Jesus shows up. Turn from your wrong living. Turn from your sin. Turn turn towards God. Jesus shows up. Verse 21, when all the people were being baptized, meaning when they were all repenting, when they were all turning towards God, Jesus was there and he was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came from heaven saying, you are my son whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. When Jesus comes to the Jordan, this is a defining moment for him. All three members of the Trinity are are present here. God the Father, he speaks from heaven as his son is being baptized, and the Holy Spirit comes to rest on Jesus. And so his Baptism marks the beginning of his earthly ministry, all with the approval of his heavenly Father and with the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Here's Jesus, this sinless Son of God. You wonder why he had to get baptized. And there's a couple reasons why he got baptized. Number one was to verify that he's the Messiah. In Isaiah chapter 11, it says, A rod will come out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch will come out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And this is the fulfillment of that scripture as the Spirit rests on Jesus. And so the second reason why Jesus uh, is baptized is just to identify with us. And the third reason is to prophesy. Baptism at the time, it's done by immersion. It's what we practice here. Someone was brought under the water, and then they're brought out of the water, and that's the sign of Jesus' death and his burial and his resurrection. And you begin to wonder about what the Heavenly Father says. As he's going down and as he's coming up, the Heavenly Father knows what's about to unfold. That our Jesus is going to go and die, be buried, raised again. And the Heavenly Father says, in you I am well pleased. And so now Jesus is foreshadowing something that's going to come later on in the book of Luke. John is talking about repenting of your sins. And this Jesus is going to take all of that sin. 
He's going to take all of those people's sins. He's going to take your sins and my sins upon himself. And he's going to wash and cleanse you from every sin by dying an innocent death on a cross. I'm going to ask Tim to come as we begin to close the service this morning. The people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. And God miraculously sets them free. They begin to wander in the wilderness, and many of them complained. They complained about being in the wilderness. Some of them say, hey, we should just go back to Egypt. Wasn't it better back in Egypt? That group of people ended up dying in the wilderness. But their kids, who never saw Egypt, knew that that was a life in Egypt they never wanted to experience. They never wanted to be in slavery. They knew that. And so now Joshua leads them to the River Jordan. And because they put their hope and their confidence in God in a very desperate time for an impossible situation, God is there and he parts the waters for them and they cross on dry ground. And they would go from the wilderness to the promised land. The wilderness was this desperate place for the Israelites. The wilderness was a hopeless place for the Israelites. It it was a place where, where in their minds they were still in bondage. It was a place that represented death if God wasn't gonna come through on his promise. Now we fast forward a couple of hundreds of years and you remember when the angel speaks to Mary, she says, hey, you're going to call this son Jesus. And Jesus is the Greek form for Joshua. And it means the Lord saves. And now this new Joshua, Jesus, Jesus, he's standing in the same Jordan And just as Joshua had led Israel into the promised land, Jesus promises that all of those who put their hope in him, all of those who put their trust in him, all of those people who put their life in him, all of those who turn from their sin, all of those people who would turn to him and live for him would be brought to this place of transition. All of those people who would turn to him would no longer be wandering in a wilderness situation. All of those people who would trust in in him would no longer be wandering in hopelessness. And all of those who would turn from their sin and come to Jesus would cross over from a place of doubt over to a place of hope. All of those people who put their trust and their hope in Jesus would cross over from a place of being unsure to a place of promise. And to those who would turn to Jesus, who were on the verge of death, could cross over to life. I'm going to ask you to stand with me this morning, just with your eyes closed and your heads bowed. I'm going to invite the prayer team to come forward this morning.
after the people crossed the Jordan, they recommitted themselves to God. And they said, God, we belong to you. And with their recommitment, God gave Joshua and the people of Israel this fresh new start and a fresh new hope and a fresh new life. And Jesus has the same offer for you this morning. If we would just come to Jesus, and if we would just ask Jesus to come into our hearts, if we would just surrender our lives to him, he will bear our sins, and he will bear our burdens. He will bear our sicknesses, our anxieties, our problems. He will take our shame and our guilt upon himself. And if we confess our sins to him, he will be faithful to forgive us of all of our sins. And if we can do that, then he will give us a fresh new start today. He'll give us a fresh new hope. He'll give us a fresh new promise, a fresh new vision. He will change us from the inside out. He will deliver us from the chains of sin and death, and he will help us to cross over from death to life. And so this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. So with your eyes closed right now. We're going to do some business with God. We've been talking about repentance for the last two Sundays now, and there's some people here who you need to come and you need to repent. You need to repent of what we've been singing earlier. Our hearts are so prone to wander. Prone to wander away from God. And maybe you've wandered away. It's your time right now to turn back to him. Maybe you're here this morning, you're searching for something. You're searching for purpose. You're searching for for peace in your life. You need to turn to the Lord this morning. And if you've never asked Jesus into your heart or into your life, I invite you to come up to one of our prayer team members and they'll, they would love to pray with you. And some of you, maybe you know Jesus, but you've wandered away and this is a great opportunity for you to rededicate yourself to the Lord so that when you leave this place, you have a fresh new start and a fresh new life, one that would live for him. And so this morning, as Tim begins to, to lead us back into worship, I invite you to come to these altars, to kneel at these altars if you need to. If you need prayer by one of our prayer team members for, for something that you're dealing with, maybe, maybe a sickness that you're dealing with, we want to believe for a healing for you. And if you want to ask Jesus into your heart and into your life this morning, our prayer team members would love to pray with you. Let's do business with God this morning. Tim, would you lead us?